Welcome to our study here on the Radio Bible Chorus. We're studying what Jesus believed about the Old Testament. Can we trust Jesus? Did he believe that Moses was a real person and that Moses wrote Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy? Many, many scholars in our universities and seminaries today do not believe that Moses was the author. They are in conflict with Jesus. I think Jesus comes out the winner. Listen to what Jesus said to the Jews in John chapter 5, verse 46 and 7. For if you believe Moses, you would believe me, for he wrote of me. But if you do not believe his writings, how will you believe my words? If we are to believe scholars today, we would have to say that Jesus didn't know what he was talking about because he talked about Moses' writings. And there really weren't any Moses' writings, our scholars are telling us. They say affirmatively that he did not write those first five books of the Bible. It was written by four other authors at least. Now, do you suppose these scholars believe that Jesus is the Christ? There is an awful lot in this passage in John 5:46 and 7. Jesus said, If you believed Moses, you would believe me, for he wrote of me. And one of the reasons why men do not believe in Jesus Christ today is because they will not accept that Moses wrote those first five books and that in those books we read about Jesus. What Moses said is equal in authority to Jesus' words, because he wrote about Jesus, and he was speaking as a prophet. A prophet is one who speaks God's word. He's inspired by the Spirit and filled with the Spirit's message. Moses wrote that. One of those passages is found in Deuteronomy chapter 18 where he talked about a new prophet that God would raise up, that he would be a Jew, one of the brethren, he'd be like Moses, and he said he would put his word in that new prophet's mouth and the people should listen to that new prophet. Who was that new prophet? Well, he was a great, great prophet who would take the people from Moses' law to grace and truth. He was none other than Jesus Christ. Those who claim to believe in Jesus are under obligation to believe Moses' writings. To have confidence in Jesus is to trust also in Moses. And if you trust in Moses, you ought also to trust in Jesus. One reason why men don't believe Jesus is because they doubt the word of God given to the prophet Moses. To believe Moses implies belief and inspiration. How could Moses write about the coming Christ without being under the Spirit's power to prophesy? A prophet was a man to whom God gave a message for the people. He was overcome by the power of God to speak these words from heaven and to speak them in their fullness and without error. Peter certainly believed the Spirit of Christ gave the Old Testament prophets their message. I refer to 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 10. Listen to it. 
And to this salvation the prophets who prophesied of the grace that would come to you made careful search and inquiry, seeking to know what person or time the Spirit of Christ within them was indicating as he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the glories to follow. It was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves but you, in these things which now have been announced to you through those who preach the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, things into which angels long to look. Well, Peter said it was the Spirit of Christ in the prophets, and that the prophets were talking about the one who would come, who would come to suffer, and the one who someday, later, would come in glory to rule on this earth. Well, the New Testament contains both of those aspects. There is a coming glory of Jesus Christ. John wrote about it in the book of Revelation. But the Gospels tell about Jesus coming and suffering. The Old Testament prophets predicted that. His crucifixion was predicted in Psalm 22 when David wrote that they pierced his hands and his feet. David also wrote about the one who ate of his bread and betrayed him. He wrote about being betrayed by 30 pieces of silver. And he wrote in Psalm 22 about how his enemies gambled for his garments. Peter said in 1 Peter chapter 1, Verse 10, as to this salvation, the prophets who prophesied of the grace that would come to you made careful search and inquiry. Was he referring to Moses? Well, whether Moses should be included among these prophets is academic, for Peter does say that the Spirit of Christ was in the others. If in them, why not in Moses also? Peter's statement in verse 11 is astounding. He implies that the prophets did not understand who the person was on whom the sufferings would fall. Yet the Spirit of Christ compelled them to write precisely what would happen hundreds of years in the future. It is fair to conclude, then, that the author of Scripture is none other than Christ. God's word is Christ's word, for Christ is God. Now we come to Paul's testimony about God's word. Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 3, On my return, I will not spare those who sinned earlier, or any of the others, since you demand proof that Christ is speaking through me. Peter said in the previous verse that the prophets of old were speaking by the Spirit of Christ in them. Now Paul the Apostle claims that Christ is speaking through him. That makes Paul the Apostle a prophet. Was he a prophet? Not according to many of our seminary professors, nor those men who write books and claim to be authorities on the Old Testament and the New Testament. Liberalism had its roots in the very first century. There were people who were doubting Paul's authority as a prophet of God. Paul's authority as an apostle was challenged. People didn't want the word of God, so they attacked the messenger. Now again in 1 Corinthians 14, 
Verse 37, Paul wrote this, If anyone thinks that he is a prophet or spiritual, he should acknowledge that what I am writing to you is a command of the Lord. Paul's commands, then, are God's commands. Any real prophet will agree, he said. Now, there are people today who will not accept Paul's words as authoritative. They do not believe that he is speaking for Christ, but Paul claimed to be. Now, we have a problem today. We who are faced with the Word of God in the New Testament, we need to decide if Paul is not speaking the words of Christ, then he is speaking falsely, and we ought not to pay any attention to anything that Paul has written. Well, there goes almost one half of our New Testament, because Paul authored 13 of those epistles. Now, either he was speaking for Christ, and Christ was speaking through him, or he was not. We need to decide. Once you begin chipping away at the word of God, you cause it all to crumble. Some people don't like what Paul wrote about divorce and marriage. Other people don't like what he said concerning women and silence in the churches. And so they boldly say, I don't agree with Paul. That's his opinion, and he was prejudiced. May I remind you that according to the New Testament, Paul was speaking for Jesus Christ. Luke, who wrote the book of Acts, records how Paul was on his way to Damascus when the Lord met him on that highway. He struck him blind for a season and spoke to him and announced that he had chosen him to be a witness before kings and before Gentiles. Paul the Apostle later met with all the apostles, and they affirmed that he indeed had received a gospel from Jesus Christ directly. Paul denies that he was taught it by men. He didn't get it from his background when he was in Judaism. Paul declared that the gospel which he preached came by revelation of Jesus Christ. You'll read about that in Galatians chapter 1. Now, since Paul was an apostle and a prophet, and the apostles, the other apostles, that is, approved of him as being a spokesman for God and an apostle of Jesus Christ, what did this man Paul believe about Moses and the authorship of the Pentateuch? The Pentateuch refers to the first five books of the Old Testament. We see what Paul thought about that in Romans chapter 9, beginning with verse 4. He was talking about the children of Israel, the Jews. He said, They are Israelites, and to them belong the sonship, the glory, the covenants, the giving of the law, the worship, and the promises. To them belong the patriarchs, and of their race, according to the flesh, is the Christ. God, who is over all, be blessed forever. Amen. Here he speaks of the blessings of God to the children of Israel given in the books of Moses. And in verse 6, he writes, But it is not as though the word of God had failed. For not all who are descended from Israel belong to Israel. 
And not all are children of Abraham because they are his descendants. But, quote, through Isaac shall your descendants be named. End the quote. Now here in verse 6 he refers to the word of God. And that reference to the word of God can mean nothing else in this context except the book of Genesis and the following, which came from Moses. Now here he didn't say anything about Moses, but he will. Listen to what he writes in Romans chapter 9, verse 14. He said, What shall we say then? Is there injustice on God's part by no means? For he says to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. So, it depends not upon man's will or exertion, but upon God's mercy. For the scripture says to Pharaoh, I have raised you up for the very purpose of showing my power in you, so that my name may be proclaimed in all the earth. What has Paul done here? He has declared that God spoke to Moses. And he quotes from Exodus 33, verse 19. But the scripture also says something to Pharaoh. What scripture? It's Exodus 9, verse 16. And in this chapter, we find God giving the message to Moses for Pharaoh. And here's the message. Then the Lord said to Moses, Rise up early in the morning and stand before Pharaoh and say to him, Thus says the Lord, the God of the Hebrews. Paul the Apostle believed that God spoke to Moses. Since what Moses wrote was given by God, he properly calls it Scripture, a reference to the Holy Writings. We'll have more to say about Paul in the Old Testament. Join me next week. If you found this broadcast profitable, please tell a friend. Until next week, this is Nick Calavota reminding you that the word gospel means good news.